Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to another episode of another installment of Comadres y Comics, the quarantine edition. Today, there's a not-so-hostile takeover of Comadres y Comics by... One and only Gabe Cheng. Hello. Hello. Happy to be here. <laughs> yes. As you remember, we interviewed him on Las Platicas episode 5.0. To refresh the audience's memory, he is the creator, writer of For Molly, and it currently has a Kickstarter of all, all three chapters. Uh, how many chapters will the story be? Four. Four. Excellent. So we're almost there to, to know everything that happens. And I read chapter <laughs> two. Oh my God. So good. So oh, good. Thank you so much. Um, uh, so um, welcome to the quarantine edition. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be talking to, to people. I've been locked down as everybody else has. So it's always nice to to uh, you know, to talk and to socialize, and to, especially to talk comics and pop culture. Absolutely, I love it. So, Gabe, welcome to the show once again. Uh, how are you handling the quarantine? I'm keeping myself busy. Um, my my work is definitely keeping me busy. I'm very very lucky that um, I'm able to work from home. You know, I'm not taking that for granted. Um, they're they're um, besides the internet connectivity being much worse than it is at my office. Uh, than it is at my apartment, uh, there hasn't been that much that's changed about my job. So keeping working during the, the nine to five, you know, daytime hours. And, um, and I've been just working nonstop on the Kickstarter um, for, for as much of that other time as possible. After, after working on the weekends, I have been getting things ready and getting ready to launch and then launching and then um, managing everything that kind of happens on, on my side here. And um, really optimistic we're about halfway through and um it's uh, we're recording this on what is the date today is the six may 6 and yes. yeah we're about halfway through and um really optimistic really excited things are going really well and i'm i'm very happy with how things are going and uh so that's taken up a lot of my time i've been podcasting as well doing my own podcast um another lousy millennium which my brother and i do we actually have always done that remotely so uh so nothing has changed for that um, we're still going, we're still going a uh, full force and, um, yeah. And, and writing some new stuff and, um, reading, reading books about writing and just reading books that I have, uh, comics and, and novels that I have had stacked up for a while that I've been, um, that I've been, you know, putting off to read and now been able to do it. Excellent. I love that. I love how you said nothing has changed for you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is the same for me. I, I'm still working and I'm actually working more if I don't know why. But yeah, that's really strange. But um, yeah, it takes up all of my time as well. Um, what have you learned during these social distancing uh, events? Um, you know, the importance of, of human connection, for sure. Um, and everybody kind of wants to stay connected. Everybody who I have been um, asking to be a guest on my podcast um, has been really super willing and enthusiastic about it. Every time that we've tried to do like a, 
virtual happy hour with people at my work. People are really, really into it. And we're, we're having a good time talking to each other, um, making the best out of the situation. Um, and just, uh, and the other thing is, is how much I miss my gym. Like that's the number one thing <laughs> that, uh, that I definitely miss during this time of lockdown is, uh, is being able to go to the gym and work out. And, uh, I've still been trying to exercise as much as possible, but I bought one of those resistance bands, you know, for like, uh, uh, one of those long elastic things. I've used it once in the last two weeks and, uh, yeah, I need to, I need to be more disciplined about it <laughs> and then jump back into it. One thing I learned was that all those uh, little projects, those crafts that I have been pinning on Pinterest, um, I have done nothing, <laughs> nothing at all. <laughs> so I really am just a lazy bum. <laughs> well, I mean, you're working, uh, like you said, you're you're working way more and it, it's hard. I mean, um, things change and, um, and I definitely understand uh, like the people that are adjusting just to things being different now and like, it, it it is hard <laughs> and uh but i'm i'm definitely forcing myself to like um to you know put a, put away my work screen and then take out my take out my other screen and just keep staring at a screen all day and all night <laughs> so. god i feel you on that one that's one of the things <laughs> that my my husband is like why are your eyes look like that and i'm like cuz i've all, i've only been staring at a screen all day every day for weeks and weeks <laughs> yeah <laughs> That is super, well, I'm so glad you're stay, stay, staying safe. Um, I'm so happy about that. Uh, we all well. should stay stay safe. And um, I love the fact that uh, you're putting out more content with your podcast and doing a lot of work with your Kickstarter. Um, can you tell us more about your Kickstarter? Um, this is what, your fourth? This is, uh, yeah, technically my fourth. Mm -hmm. I had a, a, a Kickstarter for number two that did not reach the funding goal. Um, so this is my fourth experience with my third um uh for the comic for the third chapter of the comic um it's so the comic is called for molly it's about an anti-social talking dog named molly who lives alone in the new jersey forest and she helps a recently divorced outsider named greg rescue his sister from a hidden evil and it's a modern fantasy story it's an action adventure story um, it's a buddy story about two characters that are very rough around the edges. They are both in very lonely places in their life at the beginning of the story. But then as they go through this crazy adventure in the New Jersey forest, which is a very cool and it's, it's where I grew up, not in the forest, but I grew up in New Jersey. Um, and uh, it has a very cool and arcane quality about it. The, you know, the perfect setting for a modern fantasy where we discover the dogs are suddenly able to talk. Um, and, and so there's, uh, um, kind of, a, a, a tension, a conflict going on between humans that are living off the grid in the New Jersey forest and, uh, feral talking dogs that are also living in the New Jersey forest. And there's an uneasy truce between the two of them, but that is a powder keg that's getting ready to explode into a big battle. Um, and my two main characters, Greg and Molly are thrown in the middle of it. His sister, Ava is in danger. He's trying to rescue her from, he doesn't know quite what yet but he knows that she's in trouble. And through that adventure, Molly and Greg realize that they need each other, uh, not only to survive what's going on in the forest, but they need each other to kind of fill the, the holes in their lives or the, the things that are missing in their own lives, um, the things that they, you know, that they're denying that they need at the beginning of the story. And then um, they form a bond that really only a dog and a human can, but in this case, the dog is able to talk. 
Yes, I absolutely love the artwork. Every time I see Molly, I think about my dog, Taffy. <laughs> and I'm like, how they can relay so much emotion and just the way they look at you. And I love that they captured that in the art. Uh, I love the sassiness of Molly. I love, <laughs> I absolutely love the way issue one and issue two parallel each other, but the, with the two different characters. And I thought that was magnificent. I mean, Thank you, you. your book is amazing and I can't wait to read what happens next. You Thank left you us at a cliffhanger once again so, <laughs> and I'm just like what no I need to know more but I can't wait I'm so excited I'm well, so excited. hold on to your hats because there's another cliffhanger at the end of chapter three <laughs> <laughs> well it, it I mean it doesn't matter because the, the the book the story the way it flows is just so amazing I'm so excited for it uh, you've done a wonderful job uh, you put out a really wonderful book and you recently were interviewed by Fanbase Press is that correct Yes, yes. Um, Barbara, who has been always been great to me since um, we met, I, I guess it was two years ago at um, at WonderCon or LA Comic Con or something. But yeah, I, I write um, reviews for Fanbase Press, um, and they've just uh, both of them, Barbara and Bryant, have been super, super great to me and super supportive in everything that I've been doing. They're just like a wonderful, like supportive. Uh, duo in the com in the indie comic book industry so we're just absolutely. so happy to know them you know we're happy to be in their space absolutely yeah and I'm I feel lucky to be you know one of the one of the contributors on their site I mean it, it, one of the definite dis like one of the I don't want to say disadvantages like I'm trivializing this but like it really sucks that comics weren't coming out because then there's nothing for me to review there's nothing for me to write and then have posted on their site um, you know, there's many more terrible things happening in the world right now, but um, uh, so I don't want to, again, trivialize that, but, but yeah, it's, I've definitely been missing writing reviews. So hopefully oh. we'll get back to that soon. Yeah. And every time we talk to someone, we notice another aspect of someone's life that has been directly uh, affected by this COVID-19 situation we're in. Uh, and it's good to talk about it so that people can know that they're not in this alone. We're definitely all in this together. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, it, but at the same time, uh, in the same spirit though, like it, this is a sacrifice I'm willing to make if it's going to, um, if it's going to make sure that people are safe because, uh, and, and staying healthy and, 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 you know, all the central workers and things like that. And, and so, so exactly like you said, we're all in this together. Um, this is a, this is a very extremely minuscule sacrifice for me not being able to write reviews that I'm absolutely willing to make if it, if it helps people stay safe out there. Absolutely. What can uh, our listeners look forward as a contributing uh, rewards to your Kickstarter? Um, couple of cool things. Um, my sister Isabella, who is a great artist, did a variant cover for chapter three as she's done for chapter one and two as well. That's available as a sticker. Um, there's magnets as well um, with another artist that I've worked with in the past um, named Linda Chung. Um, also Ben, who, um, you were just extremely complimentary of with his art. Uh, Ben Sawyer is the name of my artist for the comic. Uh, great artist, uh, really great guy to work with. I'm really, really happy with the work that we're putting together for the comic. He, um, is doing, uh, custom portraits. Um, so you can get a custom portrait of your pet done. Um, so Ben will do a portrait of a pet or you can do a, a portrait of yourself. That's one of the, the, the backer rewards. Um, 
And um, my brother and my stepmom did it last time around and the portraits came out super duper cool. So, um, so I was really, really happy with that. Um, and then um, you can also get drawn into a panel of, of chapter four. Um, and I have, uh, I have some really cool panels of, of, of people that, that volunteered for that in, um, in chapter three that I'm really excited to, to get published and all that stuff. So those are, are some of the cooler awards. Also, um, Ben, my artist is running a, uh, Kickstarter for his own work right now. It's called Butcher Queen. Uh, it's, he, he does that with his other co-creator, a uh, guy named Jim Owsley. Um, and he has offered whoever backs both Butcher Queen and For Molly will get a free print from him. And so not to be outdone, I have, uh, I've, <laughs> I've decided that whoever backs both Butcher Queen and For Molly will get a free support indie comics sticker from me. So um, so that's another reward that that is up for grabs as part of my Kickstarter. Oh, that is so cool. I got to save up the, that money to be in a panel <laughs> <laughs> with my dog. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. I, I love the variant covers. I saw some that look, uh, I wait, would you call it Art Deco? Art Nouveau? Oh, it's, um, it's Art Nouveau. Yeah. Nouveau, yeah. yes. Yeah. Oh, those were fantastic. And there was one that looked like it had, it was on a grainy kind of paper. Um, It's a lot of straight lines. I should have looked at the name of the artist, but the the, the variant covers are sensational. I love them. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm really, really, I mean, like I said, one of them or three of them have been done, but my sister, um, Isabella, who's an incredible artist who I'm, I'm really happy to, to get involved um, in this process. And, um, and so I'm actually for the first time offering, the print of chapter three with the variant cover on the front, as opposed to just kind of being in a gallery in the print. So, um, because I'm, I'm really excited about the, the cover that you did for chapter three. It's super cool. It's really dynamic. The colors are really, um, really, really strong and powerful. And it just, it, it like hit right on the message that I wanted for, for this chapter. Oh, I love that. Um, and just if I haven't said it yet, uh, he was uh, uh, an interview on our Las Platicas episodes of Comadres y Comics. It was episode 5.0, just if, in case you guys want to go back and listen to it. I thought it was a great interview and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I actually listened to it again just to kind of get pumped for today. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like we said, this is an, an episode takeover. Um, so, Gabe... What's your chisme de la semana? Well, I am uh, very interested in this Disney Plus Marvel She-Hulk show, to be completely honest. I Um, know. I I saw an article about it. Well, it was people were writing up that Dana Schwartz, who is um, an incredible podcaster. um, I listen to her Noble Blood podcast every other week or whenever it comes out. Um, so she was, I guess, uh, one of the writers in the, in the room on She-Hulk and she tweeted out that, that, um, that story had wrapped or whatever the term is. Um, so that's, I think that's cool. I think that that's exciting. I think that like, that's a character that, um, has a lot of potential, especially for a TV show. Um, it was, I read, I've only read one of her stories. Um, and we did it for a comic book club. I'm in a comic book club. And so we read a trade paperback and we talk about it. Um, but it's, she's a really cool character with a lot of potential. And, and so, um, so yeah, I saw that was happening. Wanted to get your take on it. Well, I'm so excited about it. I heard that, uh, they are opening the auditionings 
uh, additions to cast She-Hulk. And uh, one of the things they had said was that it's they're opening to anyone. So like that also means opening to any race. So yeah. I'm excited who they choose on this. Uh, they, they have to be comedic. They have to be like, you know, uh, have some kind of presentation because I mean She-Hulk as a character uh, she, although she's kind of has the Hulk aspect like turning green and the anger and the yeah. strength and everything uh, she also is able to retain her intelligence and she's a lawyer yeah. so I'm so excited to see what they do with that I mean if anything this could be really amazing to propel like female characters in the small screen and maybe eventually in the big screen and I I'm excited because maybe Mark Garofalo makes a, an appearance because as we know the origin story is that uh, blood transplant so I'm like very excited yeah, I think that would be super cool if, if Ruffalo comes on. I mean, I think that like the more uh, even like I'm the more I see him in the Marvel movies and the more I see him in non-Marvel movies, like um, this isn't super recent, but he was in Spotlight and I thought it was so good. Um, like I, I really like him as an actor and I think that he would be, it would be cool to have him come on and 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 guest on on whatever story they end up telling for that show. Who do you think should should play She-Hulk? Oh God, there's a lot of wonderful actresses. I mean, I couldn't even begin. I yeah, mean, I saw I, a, a list um, uh, that some website put together of like who they would like. And there are three that stood out to me. Um, one is, and I guess that like this kind of hit on the internet, it was trending for a while, but Stephanie Beatrice from oh. uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine has, <laughs> has said that she wanted to do it. Um, Catherine Winnick, who is in Vikings, she plays Lagatha. Um, wow. who's super cool and um and Allison Bree, who is in glow and was on community um I think that like I, I mean when I saw that stephanie beatrice was 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 trending for this, I was like that's that's dead on like that that'd be awesome casting, so what do you think those are great choices, I mean you know, but i you know I'm always often surprised at who they choose and how they they take on the role for instance like when uh gal gadot was cast for wonder woman i was one of the naysayers like no what do you mean she's too skinny <laughs> but she blew me away she wow she blew she still blows me away she was perfect and i did i just didn't see it so i don't trust myself to make a good opinion i i trust that they know what they're doing they've done so many great movies uh the Mandalorian is a fantastic show. Yeah. So, I mean, just based on that, and I'm also watching that uh, Diary of the Future President. I mean, that's also really cute and very well written. So, I mean, they're doing great stuff over at Disney. And I know they're not producing anything right now, but I know that they uh, finish the script and hopefully start casting and maybe in the future can start filming this. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I'll, I'm definitely going to be keeping my ear to the ground for announcements about She-Hulk. I think it's like, it's just one of those stories that, it's a different take on the Marvel universe. It's, um, you know, it's not quite the darkness of uh, the Daredevil Netflix show. It's not quite the, the um, I wouldn't say over the top, but like the, um, the kind of fun and, and excitement and uh, of like uh, of the Spider-Man far from home. Like it can be somewhere in the middle. Like, um, so I think that that has a lot of cool potential. Absolutely. And even if, as we've seen, the Marvel movies all have kind of a, with each character, they have kind of a different flow and a different feel. But when they did the Avengers movies, they when they were all together, they executed that so well. Um, I think 
they, they know what they're doing definitely yeah. and i'm excited to see it i'm excited that my brother has a disney plus uh subscription <laughs> <laughs> because i'm ready to watch this show me too all right guys and now it's time for on my radar gabe what is on your radar uh, the other thing that I saw when uh, I was, uh, you know, looking through the the pop culture news, as I do um, uh, whenever I find the time or all the time, you know, um, was that Taika Waititi is going to be directing and co-writing a Star Wars movie. Um, I think this was announced a couple of days ago, or was announced and then confirmed a couple of days ago. Um, I think this is this is so cool. Obviously, Taika Waititi um, responsible for. Thor Ragnarok, uh, Jojo Rabbit, um, and then some smaller, more independent movies that were big, big cult hits, um, What We Do in the Shadows, the movie, yes. and then also Hunt the Wilder People. Um, and he is going to be, what's, what's really cool is that he's going to be co-writing this um, Star Wars movie with the woman that was recently nominated for the Oscar for 1917, and her name is Christy Wilson Cairns. Um, I guess she won the BAFTA too. So I, I, I thought that 1917 was really, really cool, um, really, really innovative. And, um, and, and, you know, those are definitely two words that describe Taika Waititi. Um, so cool and innovative. And I'm, I'm really excited about this. What, what, what is your take on it? What's your reaction to it? Uh, you know what? I thought they were done with the Star Wars stuff, but I'm <laughs> super excited. Uh, he is such a great director. I saw that movie about the Hunt of the Wilderby. Yeah, Hunt the Wilder People. Hunt, you Hunt the Wilder People. I didn't see, and oh, What We Do in Shadows was amazing. I awesome. laughed out loud. <laughs> <laughs> but I haven't seen Jojo Rabbit, but it won, what, the Academy Award for something, right? Uh, screenplay, um, I, I believe. It, oh, yeah, it was, uh, I, I mentioned that 1917 was nominated she uh yeah taika waititi won for um adapted screenplay so i think it was uh, i think it was based on a book or a short story or something yeah i definitely need to watch it i mean uh, just seeing the trailers uh and the little snippets of the shots i'm like um how is this a comedy but i'm i'm down for this <laughs> <laughs> like at first i'm like oh what's going on here but uh i'm i, I gotta tell you like even uh when the Academy Awards, because I saw the Academy Awards, so I was like, hey, that's that's really good. I mean, I I wouldn't have thought that would be a comedy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, it, but I definitely need to watch it. But I'm a big fan of his, so uh, he's just amazing. I think he was uh, also in the Thor movie, right? He was he did a part, uh, that dude that looks like a rock. He's, yeah, he's Korg, the rock guy. Yeah. I th and he's, he's so um, funny. In the, in the Mandalorian, he's... um. IG-11, I think, the the bounty hunter droid, and then he directed, I think, the, the final episode. Um, yes, I, might I be believe wrong he did. That. No, yes, he yeah. did direct the final episode. So, I mean, he has a lot of great stuff behind him. So, I mean, I'm excited to see what he, he can do with Star Wars. I like... I'm not... I'm a fan, and I'm not mad at the last movie. I'm not mad at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but um, yeah, and I mean, The Mandalorian, I mean, that's one of my favorite shows right now. So, uh, you know, there and, and, and there's going to be the, uh, the Caspian movie, right? The Yeah, uh, Cassian Andor. Cassian Andor. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love that guy. I, I, I love know. I love you, Diego Luna. He's just so... <laughs> <laughs> he is very good looking. Also, he's like, that was such an interesting character in Rogue One. Like, I liked the idea of like a guy that has done like, you know, we see 
in in Star Wars in the in what's called the the Skywalker saga, like Luke Skywalker, he's this uh, you know pure of heart, virtuous guy. But then like we get Cassian Andor, who's like, I've done terrible things for this rebellion. Like I'm, I, I my hands are not clean. You know, I have, I have, um, and I want to see those things that he did. <laughs> yeah. You know, unfortunately, um, his story. Uh, spoiler alert: his story ended in um, Rogue One. So yeah, I'm I'm excited about that show too. Yeah, you know, one of the things I like super loved about that was when I rewatched that movie Rogue One in Spanish dub, he did his own dubbing. Oh, that's really yes. cool. Yes. And yeah. that uh for me, like I actually watch dub movies uh in Spanish because of my husband, he speaks Spanish and so uh-huh. I'm very critical about how they dub a movie and how I'm like, that's not what he said, you know, or that's not how he said it, you know, but the fact that they had him dub his own movie, just, I don't think I've ever seen that before. It just propelled it to another level for me. And in the way he, he reads his lines in Spanish, oh, piercing to the heart, like, Yo he estado en esta guerra desde el principio, which means I've been in this war since the beginning and you just, you know, like, oh my God. Yeah, it's, I mean, so yeah, I'm like I said, I'm a humongous fan of Star Wars, but uh, I am so excited to see what uh, Taika Waititi, I always say that wrong. Yeah, I, I, I put a couple extra Ks in there. Oh, there's, there's no Ks at all. So I put a bunch of Ks in his last name. Uh, too. I, I'm not good at pronouncing his name, but I mean, like what I, what I love about the Mandalorian is that it was really like getting back to a little bit, or maybe even expanding on the uh, um, star Wars as a Western, like, uh, like the, the man alone by himself, you know, fighting against um, uh, uh, a lawless world, fighting against the wilderness and, um, and, you know, living by a code, not by, not by laws that are set down by corrupt governments. He's, he's out there, um, you know, kind of like the, the man with no name, living by his own moral code. Um, and I, I really, really love that, that, that it was getting more into that kind of genre. And I would love to see that continue into, obviously continue with The Mandalorian, but I would love to see, like, Star Wars movies kind of like the way that the Marvel movies have like go off on different genres like Ant-Man is is the 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 heist the caper you know the fun crime romp and and like I said uh Spider-Man is the is the coming of age teenage love stories and the and the fun that comes along with that and you know the tragedy comes along with that and then like um and Daredevil's dark and so is De- Jessica Jones and and um and and I'm I'm forgetting a bunch of other ones but like I would love to see Star Wars do that. Like what's going to be the, what's going to be the funny, not like comedy slap slapstick anchorman style, but like what's going to be like the funny Thor Ragnarok Star Wars movie. Like that's exciting that we're going to get some levity in a Star Wars movie. But of course it's going to have a bunch of heart because, because uh, Tyke is so good at that. Yeah. Oh, you're absolutely right. You hit on a great point. He is so about heart. And that's, well, I think that's one of the things that make his, makes his work stand out. So yeah, I'm absolutely, you're absolutely correct. I mean, there's so much that can be done. I mean, it's a universe. Yeah. It's a galaxy. Like there's so many things. Um, I mean, even, even the one about the Ewoks is good. Like, you know? <laughs> I love, I love Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Oh man, that's so funny. <laughs> I, I, I'm talking about the what was that one movie that just was just Ewoks though? I forgot. Oh, um, I can't recall, but that was totally cute. I, I've only I only saw it once on VHS when I was a me, little kid, and I, I I barely remember it. 
I remember we didn't rent it. We I think it was on Channel 13, and we recorded it on a VHS uh, and tried to take out the commercials. But, I, <laughs> I mean, I loved it with the little girl and the family. It was really cute. And nobody really talks about it, but I think it's I think it deserves to be included in the Star Wars universe for sure. Like you're taking me back with trying to get the commercials. I remember sitting sitting at the TV with the remote, like waiting to hit the record button, waiting to hit the stop button, knowing that there needed to be like a two second lead up and like, what's the commercial <laughs> gonna be that's gonna bring us back into the movie? That's taking me back. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, we did that with the uh, with the Terminator. So we I missed up on I missed on a lot of the little gore stuff, like when he's fixing his face because his eyes get uh, shot up. Oh. But then and then I saw it the whole thing and i'm like oh my god this is so much better like a whole new movie (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i mean that really dates us doesn't it we're old yeah Yeah, kids kids today don't know don't know what that's like that's for sure (laughs) (laughs) so gabe that was on your radar um do you have anything else on your radar or anything else you'd like to share um, you know, I, I wish I did. I, I've just been putting my head down and, and really just grinding on this, on this Kickstarter. And, um, uh, oh, oh, I'm trying to think of like the last comic that I read. I just finished, um, and this is old news uh, because it's an old book, but I just finished Stephen King's 11, 2263, uh, the book that it turned into a Hulu TV show a couple of years ago. It's about a, a guy who travels back in time to try to stop the Kennedy assassination. Um, it was really, uh, very affecting. And I was very, I, I read like, um, I read it really quickly because I'm a huge Stephen King fan and I've, I've read a bunch of his books, but, um, I was very, very affected by the ending in a way that I, I did not think I was going to be, it, it, it definitely made me very sad. Yeah. But that's, that's pretty much the only thing, the other thing that I've been doing besides the Kickstarter. And you said it's a, um, it's a series on Hulu. Yeah. A couple of years ago, I think it was in like 2017 or something. Um, it starred, um, James Franco is the main character and it was produced by JJ Abrams. Um, and um, I, I went and looked up the, uh, the comparison between the book and the TV show and I'm still uh, weighing whether I will, I will watch it or not because the book I, I really, really liked a lot, a lot more than I thought I would. Um, so uh, I'm not sure I, I'm not sure I'm ready to experience all of that again. <laughs> so <laughs> Sounds very intense. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even know it was a Hulu series, uh, actually, to tell you the truth. I, I'm watching The Handmaid's Tale, and I, my brother's fiance has the book. And she's like, did you want to read the book? And I said, yes, but I want to finish watching the series first. So I'm kind of, I love the series, but I kind of wanted to end so I could start reading the book. <laughs> yeah. I have well, not watched that. I'm sure that I would be affected kind of emotionally in the same way by, by that. I hear it's very, very, um, oh. uh, it, it leaves, leaves an impression on you is, is what I've heard is that it's hard hitting. Oh, it so. certainly is. Absolutely. I mean, it's, ugh, it's, uh, <laughs> I, I can't even, I can't even because it's so, I mean, there are some people that can't even watch it because it makes them so sad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but it's a good show, regardless. If you could distance yourself from the emotional impact, I think it's it's worth the watch. All right, I'll try to check it out. <laughs> so like we said, this is like a Comadres y Comics Takeover by Gabe Chen. So we have a Juntos y Fuertes um, uh, that I am bringing to the table right now. And 
So today at Juntos y Fuertes, I have www.togetherwerise.org. Again, www.togetherwerise.org. Uh, Together We Rise is a nonprofit organization compromised of motivated young adults and former foster youth. Our vision is to improve the lives of children in foster care who often find themselves forgotten and neglected by the public. We collaborate with individuals, companies, and community partners to bring resources to foster youth and use uh, and use service earnings activities to educate volunteers on issues surrounding the foster care system. So what they do is you can actually sponsor several things for foster kids. So you can sponsor a sweet case and a sweet case can come packed with a teddy bear, a warm blanket, a hygiene kit, fun activities. Each provides a sense of childhood stored in a safe new duffel bag. Or you can sponsor the duffel bag. Uh, it's called a sweet case and teen duffel bag. And that's for teen, of course. Uh, uh, it supports both children and the teens in foster care and it's uh, it comes with goodies also you could even um uh what is it called sponsor a bike sponsor a skateboard or a birthday box or just like a welcome box so um i think this is really important because foster kids if anything feel i mean i don't even know how they feel i mean you know it's it's it must be so devastating to go into the foster care system and to have something that maybe help with the transition, I think it's worthwhile. And even if you don't want to sponsor any of these things, uh, you could always donate on the website. That again is www.togetherwerise.org. So yeah, that is on Juntos y Fuertes. Um, so hopefully, I mean, it's really important because children yeah, are the absolutely. future. And, um, you know, it just sucks because it, it a situation like that creates so many traumas and you just I mean even if you don't know a, a child you know that you want the best for them yeah I um I, in my former career I was a high school teacher I I'm no longer doing that now but in my um my last job as a high school teacher I worked at a, a high school that was um catering towards foster youth um it was set up by not by this nonprofit by another nonprofit that um, that helps foster youth in Orange County, California. I um, interacted with a lot of them. I had them as my students. Um, you know, we got special training for it, and um, and we were, you know, we were all pretty much considered guidance counselors. You know, every single teacher was had to had to be not just a not just a teacher, but also be the guidance counselor and and be there for and be willing, ready, and able to to mentor um, somebody in need. Not just the foster youth. We were in a we were in an area in or Orange County that. Um, served a lot of underprivileged and um, low socioeconomic students. Um, and, and yeah, it, it is, this is something that, that I'm very passionate about that I, um, even though I'm no longer teaching, it's, it's very important to me, like um, taking care of, of those kids that, um, you know, by no fault of their own have, have gotten into the system. Um, that is, um, that is, as you said, just incredibly traumatic and it takes um, a lot of care and it takes a lot of, takes a lot of love and a lot of uh, a lot of patience and a lot of um, and a lot of uh, time and generosity and just a million things. I mean, there's, there's so many millions of facets about this. Um, so, but suffice it to say, like um, people should absolutely be supporting these types of charities, the or, or nonprofits or, or, or whatever uh, together we wise happens to be. And um, the nonprofit that I worked for in Orange County was called the Orangewood Foundation. 
um, which is a great organization. And just in general, I think that, you know, the last couple of have months have shown us the importance of, of teachers and the importance of, of school support staff. And even I'm sure people are now really, um, really understanding the importance of like, uh, of people that, that volunteer in the, in libraries and people that work in uh, school cafeterias and, and school janitors and, and school security guards, like the importance of those, those workers and the, and coaches, of course, as you know, as having impact on kids' lives. And like, um, it's, it's unfortunate that it's taken this pandemic to, for, for teachers to really be appreciated as much as they should be. But, um, but yeah, in the, in this time, and then as we continue on to whatever the new normal is, like, I hope that like these, these organizations like Together We Rise, the Orangewood Foundation, and um, and really just your, your local school districts, like please support them, please support teachers, and and um, and all that stuff. I, um, you know, I often, you know, in the last couple of things, a couple of weeks, I've been thinking about like, you know, would I be able to have handled this if I was still teaching? And you know, you know, I I'm sure that I would have found a way to soldier on, but it would have been extremely difficult. So so because I know the demands of what it's like to be in the classroom and. Um, and it is, uh, and really, like, I, I can't say enough. I can't keep enough praise onto onto people like this and and the teachers that are out there right now dealing with the with, dealing with this crisis. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I I wanted to ask you, what was it like to teach uh, high schoolers? It's uh, <laughs> it's a lot like um, it's a lot like teaching kindergartners. No, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, it is. Um, it is still one of the most rewarding things that I've done in my life. Um, but it was very challenging. It, it took a lot of patience and it, it took a lot of, um, a lot of heart and a lot of, a, a lot of sacrifice and a lot of things that, um, you know, that, uh, as soon as you, as soon as you uh, get get things going and get into a flow, and and you put all the, all this work, and they learn to trust you, and you trust them, and then they're gone, and you have to start <laughs> over again. And um, and, and it's it's that year after year, and it's 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 very difficult. And again, there's there's so many millions of things about it. But I've made, um, I have appreciated all of the relationships I I made with my former coworkers who are you know, who, like I said, are, are heroes and the way that they're handling this, this crisis and having to do remote learning still. Um, and I've made a lot of good relationships with students. And I, I am so proud to when I'm reconnecting with students now that they are finishing up university and they're, they're starting out on their jobs. And, um, and, you know, I had a, I started doing something for my newsletter where I, I talked to students and, um, and just hearing them talk about how they've been able to, to navigate um, going into college and, um, and it's just, it, it's, it's really just a great feeling. And, um, you know, despite the fact that I, I, after, um, seven years of doing it decided that it wasn't really my calling anymore. Um, I'm, I'm really proud of the work that I did and, but it was, it was hard. <laughs> it takes a lot of work. It's a, it's a 24, 24, seven kind of job. And it's, uh, it's definitely something that you can't leave at the office. You're, you're constantly doing it. So, wow. I mean, I can't even begin to imagine just, I have uh, my nephew who is at home every now and then, uh, cause his parents are separated. Um, but he, even he, he's 13 and sometimes the, the tone of voice when he answers yeah. me, I'm just like, it makes me cringe. Like, <laughs> like, 
oh my god teachers have to deal with this and like 50 others like you like yeah. every hour <laughs> like, I, I got a lot of um uh <laughs> i got a lot of hey chang can you give me a like uh hey chang can you give me that extension cord it's like can you give me that extension cord and they're like sir and i'm like no can you give me that extension cord please <laughs> wow <laughs> like and, and they would like roll their eyes at me and say like, do I have to say please every time? I'm like, yeah, yeah. you do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so little things like that. And, um, oh. and, uh, and being, and, uh, <laughs> you know, one of the, the things that you learn as a teacher is, uh, is definitely if you put something on your desk, you have to be willing for, uh, to have a kids touch it. Uh, B kids possibly break it or, or C kids possibly steal it. So, oh. you know, <laughs> so up to uh, you know if you put a toy on your desk i had a rubik's cube on my desk for a long time and and that was that was played with all the time even by kids that didn't even know what it was and then eventually got stolen so but hopefully it's being used whoever whatever kid ended up picking it up wow that's insane but i get it <laughs> i totally get it um i worked in a medical office at the front desk um and then i had my coffee in this cup that a rep gave me uh it was procrit uh, a medication and that one of the patients was taking so he reached over onto my desk and then tilted it to read it and he just all my coffee was all over my keyboard <laughs> I'm like why why did you take my coffee <laughs> impulse control zero I mean it's it's not their fault and that's the thing that you have to remind yourself about about kids that age it's like it's not their fault they have zero impulse control they're going to they're going to do exactly that they're going to pick up a coffee cup and just spill it all over the place um they're going to they're going to drop things they're going to break things it's just like it's it's you just have to like oh it's not his fault it's just they have zero impulse control oh wow you must have had a lot of patience i i didn't which is why i'm not doing it anymore <laughs> I, I had seven years worth of patience. So that's a lot. That's a lot. That I, I commend you for that. Just seven years is a long time too. Um, what was I gonna ask you? I read the um the letter at the at the end of issue number two of uh for Molly. Mm -hmm. And I like how you mentioned procrastination. Uh <laughs> But I also like the feeling you had uh, that you described as having your first issue actually printed in an actual book. Do you still have uh, actual physical copies of your comics? Yeah, um, the the first issue, um, the the first of the the first prototype of the first issue, which I sent to the printer just to make sure that the colors were right. That um, I gave to my mom. Um, so the first copy of, of Four Molly number one um, as a Christmas present, um, I think two years ago. Now I don't remember. It all runs together. Um, but yeah, I still am very excited when art comes in. I'm still very excited um, when I put something together and um, like working with my sister for the um, the variant cover when I was putting together the the inspirations and the and the gestures and the and the um, all the different things I was hoping that you would incorporate into her design and then having that first sketch come in like that's still so exciting to me that that thing and definitely the the feeling of of accomplishment from from having 
watching a book being done and holding it in your hand. It's, it's really, really, really great. And it's, it's really something that, that makes me so happy. And, and I try so hard to, to hold on to that because as soon as I have that feeling, it's like, I know that there's the next thing to go on to do. And it's like, as soon as you get the book, like then you have to either ship it or you have to go to cons and start to sell it. And like, and you, there's a million other things to worry about from there, but like, but yeah, I still am very, very excited when I get new art from my artists, whether it's uh, Ben or, or Izzy or, or whoever I'm working with. And um, I'm still very, very excited to get the printed copy of the comic and hold up my hand and know that like, okay, this is something that, um, you know, that was just an idea in my head uh, uh, two years ago, which seems like it was a long time, but like, I'm in the grand scheme of things. It, it's, it's incredible that I've, I've come this far and I'm incredibly grateful uh, for the opportunity to do that. Well, like I said, it's a great story. So thank you for being so aggressive and doing all the work to put it out to the world because that I, I, it felt, it meant a lot to me because of my dog. And so, um, and then the emotion behind, uh, you know, the divorce, spoiler alert <laughs> but, <laughs> well it's um, in the first couple of pages yeah so I know. It's not, not too much of a spoiler <laughs> but there was so much emotion and just the dialogue there was just um i still feel i mean i'm not divorced but uh, i it felt it felt really like something i really felt inside like i could see his pain and you know just expressions in the face of the character was just like oh man i totally feel him like and and he even checks himself on what he said to his ex-wife and i was it's just it's really moving it's really emotional i thought that was amazing and it's brought out in the dialogue in the scene in the way the paneling is placed in in the artwork i just it's incredible well thank you very much i mean it's it's definitely uh, a story that is about two characters that are starting out at very low points in their life, like I said at the beginning of the show, but it is a story about moving on and, and moving forward and, and trying to figure out um, where you go after after something um, something difficult happens after hitting hitting a roadblock in your life and um, and and it is also about um, you know, going on anybody that has ever wanted to go on an adventure with their dog. Um, I mean, that's how I felt when I was writing it. And that's um, hopefully and I'm, I'm glad to hear that that's um, that appeals to you. Um, you know, that's one of the things that appeals to you about it. And um, so. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you. I very much appreciate that. And I, I'm glad that that's that's coming through in um, in my long rambly sentences and uh, and uh, and and my, uh, you know, sometimes not to detail descriptions to Ben about what I'd like him to do. Uh, but I appreciate that he does it so well. So thank you very much. I, I'm very grateful for that. I, I know you mentioned that you gave your very first print copy to your mom. What did she think about the story so far? She loves it. She's very excited. Um, she uh, keeps telling me that I need to start writing chapter four. And I'm like, I, I, <laughs> I'm not even done with like, she actually told me this a few months ago and I was like, I haven't even started working on the Kickstarter for chapter three yet. And she's like, I don't care. Write chapter four. Like I need to know what happens at the end. And it's like, okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, she's very, very supportive. She's, um, she's making phone calls and, and emails and text messages on my behalf, trying to get people to donate to the Kickstarter. And, um, and so 
uh, I, I've been very, very appreciative of her, of her constant uh, unwavering support. And, um, but yeah, she, she likes the story a lot. She thinks it's very real. Um, she thinks it's, um, you know, um, even though it's my, my first comic and, and my first self-publishing attempt, she, she's been reading what I've been writing uh, my whole life. Um, and she feels that it is authentically my voice. So, so yeah. That's cool. So she has been supportive of supportive of your writing since the beginning. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. It kicked into overdrive with um, with for Molly when uh, you know I told her. You know, she a lot of people out there have no idea what a Kickstarter is, right? Um, so I told I as soon as I explained to her about the Kickstarter, and she was very supportive from the beginning, and and uh, and very willing and uh, and. Uh, to do things like, like reaching out to people on my behalf and putting email lists together of, of her, um, of, of our relatives and, um, and her coworkers and her friends and, and colleagues and things like that. And, and has been from, from the beginning of the formally journey. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's been a big help. That's amazing. So it's a four issue story, um, and one shot. And, uh, are you thinking about maybe in the future, having a Kickstarter for maybe a trade paperback? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, number four is going to include a trade paperback. Um, so I am, uh, I, you know, got to figure out uh, the numbers on how to do that. And I'll be doing my research and talking to people about it. And, but yeah, uh, um, starter number four, uh, you know, which w- will be, um, will be all four chapters collected and either it can be, uh, I think I've seen a lot of Kickstarters where they offer both the floppies and the, and the, and the trade paperbacks. So, but it, it will definitely be, be one of the rewards for chapter four Kickstarter. Have you, um, is for Molly the first two issues available on Comixology or Amazon? Yes, they're available on, uh, on both places. So if you Excellent. go to formollycomic.com, um, you can uh, go, you can see chapter one uh, and you can learn a little bit more about the story. And also there are links to the Kickstarter and there are links to Amazon and Comixology where um, chapter one and two are both available. Um, and then my social media is at Gabe Chang Comics, uh, G-A-B-E-C-H-E-N-G-C-O. M I C S that's how you spell comics. Okay. <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, and yeah, I'm, uh, obviously because the Kickstarter is going on right now, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a lot of, uh, doing a lot of posts about the Kickstarter. So, so there's information there. That's super cool. Um, I wanted to ask also, I know the, there's a variant covers and one of the questions I wanted to know is, are those variant covers done, uh, the art, uh, digitally or are they done on an actual paper? I think that Eugene, who did a variant cover for Chapter One, where it's um, it's kind of a watercolor style, and it's um, the Greg and Molly looking out on on the forest on a on a big open um, wide angle shot. I think that that was um, done on watercolor paper, and then he brought it into Photoshop and made a couple adjustments. Um, but the other ones are are digital art. Yeah. No, I was wondering because sometimes when people do those. You know, like uh, when people go to shows, they bring their big portfolio and they sell the original artwork for thousands of dollars. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Not thousands of dollars. But I was wondering if that was an option, maybe like on a, a an, somebody who contributes to the Kickstarter that could be like a um, a reward, like the actual original 
painting. Now, unfortunately, I, I don't I, I don't think that any anybody is doing any physical stuff. I know that that Ben works exclusively in Photoshop, so all the pages um, they all start as as digital. Um, I don't think any of them start as, as physical sketches, but um, so yeah, unfortunately, not, none of those are available. So, um, but but there's still plenty of cool art uh, on, uh, available from the with the with the variant covers. Yeah, and not only that, I mean, I love the fact that you can you're offering a reward where you can have the portrait of your dog or yourself, and that that's also really super cool. Well, thank you so much for being on our show, um, Comadres y Comics, the Quarantine Edition. Um, is there, a, a, I know you already told us where they can find you, but is there maybe Twitter or Instagram or? Yeah, at, at Gabe Chang Comics on Twitter and Instagram. For Molly is on Facebook. It's got its own page. Search for us on Kickstarter. Uh, the Kickstarter title is the For Molly number one through three. Um, actually, yeah, I think it's For Molly number one through three Talking Dog, a modern fantasy comic adventure, something like that. Um, but if you search for Molly and Kickstarter, it will come up. Um, also, my other podcast, Another Lousy Millennium, um, is also on Twitter, ALM Pod, and that's a Futurama fan podcast. So we go episode by episode. My brother and I go episode by episode, summarize, analyze, and discuss every episode of Futurama. And um, so we're putting those out. Um, and uh, and that's also on Facebook at ALM Pod. And the website for that is ALMPod.com, and you can find that wherever wherever podcasts are downloaded. Excellent. Um, what um, what episode are you guys on on Futurama? Oh, we just did. Um, uh, oh, what was it called? Uh, I was just thinking about it today because I thought that we did a, a good job talking about it. It was. Um, it's one of the post cancellation episodes, as we call them. Um, it is in the second to last broadcast season. And it is, um, hold on, now it's going to bother me. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> um, so the episode uh, that we just did was Free Will Hunting, um, where Bender realizes that he doesn't have free will and goes out uh, on a uh, soul-searching odyssey of sorts to, to try to discover it. And then we have Near Death Wish coming up pretty soon. Um, we're going to record that. But um, we, we, we front load a lot, so... Um, the one that just came out on Monday, the podcast just, that just came out on Monday um, was for the episode A Farewell to Arms, where um, where it's the the 3012 kind of 2012 Mayan calendar doomsday parody episode where um, everybody thinks that the earth is going to be destroyed in 3012. So they all leave to Mars. So so that was a lot of fun to do. And that one is available now uh, wherever podcasts are downloaded. Oh, excellent. Well, again, thank you so much for being on our show. And it's been really amazing to hear your journey with For Molly. Uh, we, I'm, I'm going to go contribute to the Kickstarter right now after we're done. <laughs> thank you. Thank you yeah. very much. I'm so excited. I, like I said, I loved, uh, I, I love reading books um, virtually, but I really love to have the copy so that it can be signed by the artist and writer and creator. So I'm very excited about that, especially since the first issue has been published and you have copies. Uh, one more thing. Um, how has the conventions and the cancellation or the rescheduling of the conventions has, has how has that affected you? 
Um, it, it was certainly a bummer that I didn't get to go to WonderCon because I was going to be tabling at WonderCon um, and definitely missed out on um, my first WonderCon experience, um, which, which is what it would have been. Um, and, and, uh, and yeah, that the human connection that comes from that, I haven't had the opportunity to jump into a virtual con yet. Hopefully I will. Um, I, I don't know if it'll happen before the end of the Kickstarter, but hopefully I will before, um, before the fall or maybe during the fall. Um, but yeah, the human connection is, is really important in this community. And it's all about, um, not just meeting the people uh, that could potentially buy and read the comic, but also meeting fellow, fellow creators and fellow, um, uh, people just out there, uh, you know, doing podcasts like yourself or, you know, and we were talking about Barbara and Brian Dillon, um, from Fanbase press, like that, uh, being a part of that community, I think is something that I, I definitely, um, was very, very sad about that. I missed out on it at WonderCon because I was really, really looking forward to it. Um, you know, as far as it goes with the, with the Kickstarter, um, I don't know, I'm sure it would have been helpful. As far as getting the word out, I was going to um, launch it the week after. I, I did launch it the week after when WonderCon would have been. Um, so uh, I don't know. I'm sure it would have been helpful, um, but I am trying to make the best of it and, and, uh, and just kind of soldiering forward as, as, far as, uh, um, as far as that goes. But I, I think that, um, yeah, I definitely, uh, I definitely uh, missed out on seeing you know, people that I've met and, and making new connections at, at WonderCon. I think that's, that, that was definitely a, a, a bummer. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head on that. Like I, for me, going to conventions is to reconnecting with your friends that you don't really hang out with, but you totally love. Yeah. But so uh, that was definitely a thing. Um, I'm kind of a little worried about the rescheduling, only because I hope to be available when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. But um, but yeah, uh, that kind of sucks. For the listeners out there, right before we go, um, how? long is the kickstarter what are the dates it is going until friday may 22nd so um we're recording this like i said on uh, may 6th um so we've got a little bit over two weeks left before the kickstarter ends excellent well thank you so much for being on our show is there anything you'd like to add before we leave no just just thank you for having me this has been uh it's great talking and like you said i mean it's been uh, it's been fun reconnecting with you is because we normally would have seen each other at WonderCon or wherever at a con and now those have been all postponed. So this is, this has been really fun and, and thank you so much for having me and helping me spread the word about Formali. Absolutely. We are missing Kristen and Jen. Shout out to Kristen and Jen, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're all doing what we can in this time. So thank you so much for being here on our show and I really appreciate it. And hopefully we can get this Kickstarter completely funded. Yes, hopefully. Your mouth to God's ears. Knock all on right, wood. Guys. All, all this stuff. I need salt to throw over <laughs> my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks so much. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you.